You are now listening to Fixed Ops Chops, a podcast designed by top industry experts to provide you the cutting edge information you need for a lucrative fixed operations department. Stay up to date on the hottest profit strengthening products, services, and technologies. And now your host, CEO of Tire Profiles, automotive industry leader, and fixed operations expert, Dave Boyle. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fixed Ops Shops. My name is David Boyle, and I'm your host. Today, my topic is something I've devoted my entire career to, customer retention. You're probably thinking, what could Boyle possibly have to add to the retention conversation that I haven't already heard? And that's a fair statement. It does seem that no matter what product a company is selling to dealers these days, at least part of what they offer is improved retention. And for some products, that's a stretch. There are lots of ways to look at this, but at the core, I believe the reason everyone talks about it is because it's so damn important and dealers often need help in this area. I don't think it's breaking news that car dealers often struggle with retention. And whether you define it as struggle or they're always wanting to do better, doing better is something that every dealer would sign up for if there was a magic bullet. I believe there is, in fact, a magic bullet of sorts, and that's what I want to talk about today. One caveat. The bullet may be magic, but it's not easy. If you're looking for a quick and easy fix, then you'll be disappointed. Before we dive into the deep end, let's take a step back for a moment. There's a couple of ways to look at retention, and here's a question for you. Is retention and loyalty the same thing? Many would say yes, but they are distinctly different. Retention is defined as the rate at which an existing customer continues to do business with you. Loyalty, on the other hand, is a consumer behavior that indicates their likelihood to continue to do business with you. So while similar, they are different. And the question is, which one should you be chasing? The answer is loyalty. Loyalty drives retention. In fact, some would say it's the key driver. Selling cars is very competitive business these days, and over the past two decades, it's intensified greatly. This is why loyalty and retention is so important. As everyone knows, it's easier and a lot cheaper to sell a current customer than constantly looking for new ones. Retention became something that dealers had to actually work at when brand loyalty or lack of it entered the picture. I distinctly remember back when I was a kid that my dad was a Dodge guy. I never really understood it, but my dad would only ever buy Dodge products. No matter the quality, good or bad, the price, the looks, if he was looking to buy a new car, it was going to be a Dodge, period. And his loyalty to this manufacturer ran deep. I I can remember at one point he was given a company car with a new job, and it was a Buick. It was a much nicer car than his previous Dodge, but he hated it with a passion because, and for no other reason, it wasn't a Dodge. Needless to say, my dad was a loyal Dodge guy. Think about that statement for a second. Can we say that about most or any of our customers today? I don't think so. For the most part, consumers no longer connect with their vehicle brand like this. Vehicle homogenation has played a major part in this. I mean, I'm a car guy, and even I find it hard sometimes to tell one brand from another. And this lack of distinction in automobiles has hurt some makes more than others. Toyota and Lexus come to mind. A few years back, it became apparent that they were potentially in trouble when Toyota started looking too much like a Lexus. They had to scramble and make the Lexus brand more distinctive or potentially lose market share. Another part of the loyalty struggle has to do with how people view cars in general. 
They are just transportation for the most part these days. Thinking back again to my dad and his generation, they viewed cars differently. This is also true for the most part with my generation, the baby boomers. My dad loved his cars. He wasn't a gearhead like me, but he still had a passion for his car. As a young kid, I still remember him spending hours washing his green on green. Yes, you heard that right. Green on green. 1972 Dodge Monaco every Sunday morning. Let's face it. Gen X and millennials just don't see their automobiles the same way. They are a means to get from point A to point B. And in terms of buying power, these two segments, which range in age from 33 to 53 years old, represent the largest single buying group for car dealers. So in other words, the people who are likely to be buying the most cars don't have a real passion for them anymore. That's a scary thought. The combination of this and the diminished brand distinction creates a huge loyalty and retention challenge for dealers and OEMs alike. And this is why every dealer vendor talks about retention, because it's that important. So the question is, what can dealers do about it? Notice I didn't include the OE in this question. That's because I believe the solution for the most part lies with the dealer. When the actual product you sell no longer creates the foundation for loyalty and retention in your business, what do you do? Well, step one is to do what every commoditized product retailer does. You focus more heavily on the experience you provide to create distinction and loyalty that way. This is why the dealers themselves are the key piece to this, and the OEs know it. In fact, they have realized this for some time, and it's part of what's driving all these facility upgrades they push. They've been trying to force the dealers to create a retail experiential brand distinction that their automobiles no longer have. The problem is they didn't properly understand what experience means to today's consumer. And as a result, many dealers now have massively overbuilt facilities that won't help with retention, and worse, they now have to find a way to pay for them. It's sad it shouldn't have taken a pandemic to make most people realize that the consumer has changed. A traditional brick-and-mortar experience is not what they want. But dealers are resilient entrepreneurs, and with things like improved online retailing and pickup and delivery, dealers will find a way to sell product. But, and there's always a but, isn't there? What impact will the new low-touch vehicle sales process have on loyalty and retention? If dealers can't rely on the metal they sell to create loyalty, and now the buying experience is being homogenized as well, what are dealers going to do? Okay, it's time to shift to the elephant in the room. Let's get serious and talk about what we've all known for years is the real driver of loyalty and retention for your dealership, and that's your service department. If there's anyone listening that doesn't agree with this statement, I suppose you can go ahead and turn me off. In my humble opinion, if you're in the car business and you don't believe this statement, then you should probably start looking for a different line of work. Let's be honest. The industry has known for years that keeping customers coming back for service is the key to creating loyalty. And if you do it well, the retention will take care of itself. But service loyalty has its challenges. The end of the 80s brought about sweeping change to this industry. The manufacturers could no longer sustain a model of built-in service retention driven by poor vehicle quality. As competition increased from Japan and other areas, the battle to build better quality vehicles began, and dealers unfortunately saw their warranty visits drop dramatically. 
These visits, of course, were what dealers relied on to keep customers coming back in for service right up to the time when it was time to sell them another vehicle. As I mentioned, dealers are resilient, so when warranty dropped, they quickly pivoted to scheduled maintenance and reminding consumers the importance of having the dealer help them maintain their vehicle. Well, this worked fine until the aftermarket realized this was easy work that they could do as well, and boom, just like that, the dealers had a whole new world of competitors. It's safe to say that up to 20 years ago, most dealers would not view the aftermarket as a competitor. And unfortunately, some still don't today, but they are. And in fact, they're probably your biggest competitor. A glaring example of this is the oil change, or as I like to refer to it, the thing that saved dealers. When the industry shifted towards scheduled maintenance, the oil change became the main reason for the customer visit. It was the trigger. Every scheduled maintenance package was based around an oil change, and thus began the oil change wars. Whatever dealers charged, the aftermarket beat it by a dollar. $29.95, $19.95, $9.95, heck, even free. Yep, free oil changes for life. I bet there's still some dealers lamenting that decision. But everyone did it, and it's still happening today, even though the actual cost of an oil change has skyrocketed in many cases. Dealers use the LOF to buy or manufacture loyalty. Is that a bad thing? At this point, some are probably expecting me to say yes, but I'm going to surprise you. Hell no. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. In fact, it may be even a great thing if you capitalize on it. Think about what's at stake. Think about all the service work that you could lose if you allow the customer to not be loyal and defect to the aftermarket. And if that happens, what happens to the likelihood of you selling the next vehicle when the dominoes fall? Listen, all retail operations do this. A perfect example is grocery stores. They sell milk at a loss in some cases, and they strategically place it at the back of the store where you have to walk by a hundred other impulse buys that they make a ton of money on. This is Retailing 101, and dealers did this very well with super competitive, sometimes money-losing oil changes. And as you may have guessed, this works well until, well, until the oil change goes away, which is happening right now if you haven't noticed. Longer intervals mean seeing the customer less often, increasing the odds they could defect. Oil life indicators are blowing up the scheduled part of maintenance as you can no longer predict them. And electric and hybrid vehicles need them less or not at all. All this spells trouble for retention when the trigger you've relied on for years, the oil change, is not there anymore. So what's next? What are dealers going to do in order to keep customers coming back in for service? Well, the obvious first step is to try to keep them from leaving in the first place. There's a graph that's been floating around this industry for years, often referred to as the waterfall chart. It shows a dramatic drop in retention over time and mileage. If you've seen this chart, you'll remember that it's called the waterfall chart for a reason. There's a a point in time where retention drops off almost vertical, like a waterfall. Not surprising, this happens right around the time the factory warranty ends. We have known this for years, that this is the time when many consumers test the aftermarket when the factory is no longer paying for stuff. What most people don't know, however, is there's another factor at play here. At almost exactly the same time as the warranty ends, the customer likely needs their first set of tires replaced. This fact has been lost on dealers for years who have pushed the tire business away as low-margin work they don't want to do. I want to be clear on something here. The warranty ending may be the reason they leave, but it's the need for tires that's the trigger that sends them out of your shop and into the aftermarket. 
So the best way to stop them from leaving is to sell them something they need, tires. But what are you going to do to entice them to keep coming back if the oil change is no longer a reliable mechanism to bring them in, even if you're giving them away? The answer is right there in front of us. That's right, tires. Why not? I mean, let's take a closer look at the tire opportunity. They're low margin. That's why some dealers don't like them. Oil changes are also low margin, zero margin in some cases. Tires are very competitively priced service. Oil changes are probably the most competitively priced service. The aftermarket sells way more tires than the dealers. For years, the aftermarket owned the oil changes until dealers decided to go after them for retention reasons. I think I've made my point, hopefully. Tires in many ways are just like oil changes, only better. So there you have it, your magic bullet. Use tires like you used oil changes. Use them to manufacture loyalty and retention, just like oil changes. Price them in a way that you don't lose the customer to the aftermarket. Does this mean in some cases you might lose money? I'm going to answer that question with a question. How much money do you make on oil changes? Dealers lost leader oil changes every day. Why not tires? A few seconds ago, I mentioned that tires were like oil changes in this area, only better. So how are they better? They're better in a couple of ways. One, when you do a $29.95 oil change, we've established you're not making any money. But you're hoping that your multi-point inspection process saves you by finding some additional work to do where you do make money. Now, finding legitimate work from a multi-point is getting harder and harder these days, but that's a discussion for another day. With tires, you not only have the same opportunity with the MPI, but you're almost assured that you'll get an alignment with every sale. You should be selling a preventative alignment with every new set of tires every time. It's one of the easiest sales you'll ever make. So you've just sold one of the most lucrative, in terms of labor, jobs you have, an alignment, to help offset the low margin in tires. Better than oil changes. But again, let me be clear on something. Just like you do with oil changes, I'm saying sell tires at a price point you need to so you don't lose the sale, so you keep the customer from defecting. And if possible, this gets even better. Unlike oil changes, it's not likely that rubber tires that wear out are going to be going away anytime soon. In the 1985 movie Back to the Future, they predicted ironically that by 2020 we'd have flying cars. We don't, so let's go sell some tires. If you follow my podcast, you will know I like to end with one final thought. This was both an easy and a hard podcast for me to do. Easy because I passionately believe in it. Hard because I can't for the life of me understand why something so obvious isn't more widely understood and adopted. It's almost like we're afraid of selling tires for some reason. So my final thought is this. Take this seriously. You need to. I promise. But please don't run out and start offering free tires for life. You don't need to do that. Hopefully we've learned that lesson from oil changes. But do think about subsidizing them in order to create retention. Hell, charge the cost of advertising if it'll help you sleep at night, but do it. This will be the best decision you've made in a long time. You will turn that waterfall chart into a slow-moving river and reap the rewards that come with increased service loyalty and retention. Well, thanks again for listening. I hope you found this informative. Until next time, this is Dave Boyle and Fixed Op Chops signing off. Thank you for listening to Fixed Op Chops with Dave Boyle. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to visit tireprofiles.com to join the conversation and discover our Fixed Ops bonus content.